Hi everyone, <laughs> and welcome to the first of this year's Brandy content events from the drum. Woohoo! Thank you. Um, <laughs> hopefully first of many. Um, lovely to see um, such a full room here. Um, bit of housekeeping, obviously we're quite tight in here. There are a few toilets just up just up the stairs there. Um, hopefully you've all been, been watered, but um, if you do need another drink, please uh, help yourself at the back. Um, we've got a great lineup of speakers for you today, I'm pleased to say. Um, we're going to start off with Andrew from the BCMA, and then we've got a panel joining me. We have um, Elizabeth from Facebook, uh, we have Bacardi, and we have New York Times. Um, and then, just, just briefly, I wanted to um, introduce who I am. I'm the Global Head of Brandy Content for The Drum. Um, we work on creative solutions outside of advertising to help clients produce kind of thought leadership content, everything from white papers, webinars, podcasts, right through to kind of video productions and, and managed events. Um, just before we kind of kick off with Andrew, I just want to sh show a very brief video, just explain what we do, just to put it into context a little bit here. To me it's about the inspiration that it brings, that basically anything is possible. Hello Pepper. Hi Sean. Working alongside the drum, we've been able to survey the UK's marketing community to understand which of the brands they feel are genuinely meaningful. 89% of all brands are finding it difficult to create and develop a single customer view. Better consumer life cycle, better consumer journey. And the effect on screen is actually mesmerizing. Asia, social is everywhere. It's embedded in people's lives every single day. I'll get you up to speed on everything you need to know about content marketing to really impress at your next meeting. since it started and um, you know we love challenger brands and I, I think you've kind of grown and uh, become you know the brand in the market um, I think you know it's interesting that I'm the token white man on the, the panel today, <laughs> or, uh, that's how times are changing but um, I think I, what I want to do is rather than uh, you want to hear me I'd like to just play a short video to hear some other voices <laughs> Is that? Oh, 
Start, is it? To be honest. Can you do different voices? I can do different voices. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice introductory tune, isn't it? Anyway, <laughs> let me just um, talk about what that was. Um, so, you know, we work with the world leading brands and uh, production companies. You know, we have people like James Hare here from Endable Shine Group. We have Pete Ferguson from Nemorin. You know, we're a very progressive organisation. We're in 15 markets now. We've just opened up BCMA in India, which has been a challenge and it's been taking two years. But, you know, I think the, the material change, the biggest change in branded content is now that people think content first. Whereas, you know, in the, in the years I've been working in branded content for 20 odd years, um, it was always a nice to have. It was always something that was um, seen as an uh, added value. Now it's very much at the forefront of what the marketing industry is doing. And that is, is really, you know, to us it's amazing, you know, because we have companies like Facebook, and Times, <coughs> you know, New York Times, and, you know, the support we have from the industry is just amazing. You mentioned the definition. Well, you know, the, the thing about what we do at BCMA is that we're all about best practice. And the thing that people often say to us is, well, branded content, yeah, but what actually is it? How would you define it? So we started this journey about five years ago uh, in terms of defining branded content for the digital age. And I won't make excuses, but you know, the bottom line is we have published our definition of what branded content is. I'm going to read you that definition now. So branded content is any output fully or partly funded or at least endorsed by the legal owner of the brand which promotes the owner's brand values and makes audiences choose to engage with the brand based on a poor logic due to its entertainment, information and or educational value. Now, you know, not everyone's going to agree with that, but when people ask us what it is, we can signpost it and say, you can read it, it's published. It's the only uh, definition that's published from a managerial perspective. So I'd urge you to, to read the report. Um, it is quite long, but you know, it's a very interesting report and it talks about the industry as a whole. Um, and I think you know, the interesting point is that there's so many different aspects to the industry. And um, it, you know, it really is amazing because our, our event we had, which the video I would have showed you, had Sir John Hegarty talking about the fact that you know, branded content is not on, on a different planet. It's all about the idea. It's all about understanding why are we doing this, this content? You know, what is the reason for it? It's all about understanding the audience. That's what James would say from Endemol Shine. You know, bring the content, make it entertaining. We're doing it in a way that's right for your target audience. We had Sir Peter Bazalgette, who said, you know, he's chairman of ITV, he's the biggest producer of content in the, in the country, if not the world. You know, he says this is the age of branded content, and we actually do believe that. I know I'm a bit biased, but <laughs> it really is the right time for brands to be getting into the whole content, because people don't want to be interrupted anymore by advertising. You know, I've worked in advertising for 25 years, and I understand you know, brands aren't creating agencies anymore. Anyone can create a brand. <coughs> but we have to entertain, we have to engage, and when you do that, it's like magic. Because what happens is that people then share it. And you know, I know it's an obvious thing to say, but more brands need to get into it and to do it brilliantly. And we can do that. We can help them do that. So 
I think that's all I want to say. You know, you can see that video, it's online. You might have, some of you have seen it, because some of you were in it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I, I really, you know, I'm really looking forward to the panel. Um, I'm really looking forward to the, the debate and the interest from, from you guys. And it's, it's fabulous to see everyone here tonight. So I think, Thanks. Rebecca, if you want to, some of you want to take over now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. some kind of parity uh, on, on, on stage and not me being the only female and moderating um, on, on a panel. So I'm absolutely delighted uh, to present to you an all-female panel tonight. Woohoo! Uh, I'll be the journalist um, of introduction. Uh, I, my name is Sunu Singh. I'm the associate editor at The Drum. I've been a journalist for over uh, 30 years. I'm only 21. <laughs> and uh, when I talked to my friends about branded content, uh, journalist friends, uh, someone said to me, so if you produce a uh, heartwarming video of uh, your dog's daily routine and Gucci were to put their logo on it, that's branded content, isn't it? Um, so, and, and that's obviously um, still the default mold of, of a lot of people as to how they see branded content. So. What we are going to be talking about tonight is branded content as a creative force. So let me introduce my panel. Uh, my panel, can you please come on to stage first, please? Everyone, uh, Lisa and Nelly. I can't see Nelly. Um, can we have Nelly? Yeah. Or at the end, no, you didn't. But she wants to sit. Um, I know. Lisa wants to sit at the end. and I'm the head of editorial for Key Brand Studio, which is the branded content unit of the New York Times. I'm based here in London, and I oversee all international content, or branded content that we create for the New York Times. Awesome. It's nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Elizabeth Bellow. Um, I'm, I'm American. <laughs> Hello. Um, I'm, I'm a global, global creative for Facebook. I also run AR for Facebook. So if you guys are interested in the future, let's talk about that after. Um, but in the meantime, I look after our biggest brands. Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa Jadan, and I'm the global head of brand PR and corporate comms at Bacardi. Uh, and I said to Sanu, I said, you can't have a panel with a Bacardi person and not have cocktails. <laughs> so on me, I've got a round of gin and tonics coming around. Um, I didn't expect so many of you to come. <laughs> I'm not sure there's going to be enough for everybody, but put your hand up. They're going to be coming around later. It only makes sense. So are we, are we waiting for the drinks to come? They're going to just bring them. So oh, you can start. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. One other thing I've just noticed, a bit of a gaff. We have hashtag drum breakfast. 
we're not serving breakfast. Um, it is from a previous slide, so um, as a hashtag, maybe the drum studios, branded content, use what you like, but uh, do quote the drum. Thank you. I thought we were going to go until breakfast. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, we'll be we could. Um, also, uh, house rule as well. Uh, we'll have about 40 minutes of discussion, and I will then open the floor to questions as well um, for you guys for another 10 to 15 minutes, and then we are going to go upstairs uh, for a few drinks as well. Uh, so let me first of all start. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, Lisa. What does good branded content look like to you? Okay. Um, well, let me start with. I come from a very unique position than some of my other panel members here because I come from the earned the earned space. And there are there are two things that I that I've learned. So one is that if you if your content works in the earned space, then it will work in the paid and the owned space. Um, it rarely works the other way around. So if your investment dollars need to go further, then you need to consider that. I was at, I was at a um, speaking with somebody from O2 the other the other week and they were saying all of their branded content has to touch at least three different, like has to be used at least three different times. And I, I thought that was interesting. Um, and the other thing, and answering your question more specifically, is um, if you don't know specifically what you need or specifically what you want to say, then you're not ready for content. I mean, you can, you can just replace the word content with the word shit. Like, I just need a bunch of shit. Uh, can you just give me a bunch of shit? <laughs> so that's it. Th this is what happens in my office sometimes. Um, then you're not ready for it yet. Because what I, I was saying earlier to the panel is, because the truth of the matter is, is that people don't follow content. People follow stories. Yeah. And that's, that's where I think you're going to see some good branded content. Where, where do you fit in? into this shit conversation. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be real, okay? Um, we all know what shit smells like, <laughs> right? And, and one of the things that I think is really magical about this time and place in marketing is that that finally matters, right? I mean, the, the, the consumer has been given the floor. Right, and so it, it that's that is a very very difficult thing for most brands to even wrap their heads around. Suddenly, it matters what the consumer thinks about what you're doing. They're not a captive audience anymore. They can choose. It's a giant coliseum saying like yes or no. Am I am I even going to see this? Um, and that to me is life affirming as a marketer. I mean, honestly, it's it's such a dramatic change from the times in the past where you could get away with being reductive and banal and idiotic and I'm not accusing anyone of doing that I'm just saying that that's, that's a, that was a possibility yeah. <laughs> um, and still have your marketing be technically effective because we were stuck in front of a television that we could only ch change the channel on but um, yeah I mean the question being what <laughs> I just died, so now you have my full attention. Um, but it, the question being, what is what is good good branded content look like? Yeah, I mean it has it has to be authentic, and um, and it has to it has to be honest about where it's coming from and, and who's providing it. Yeah. Um, and and we believe very passionate about that, passionately about that, and. Um, so obviously there's 
there are rules and, and regulations set up um, for you to engage with with Facebook that are basically meant to serve both parties. And this is a, this is actually a, a point I'd love to make very strongly, which is that demanding transparency is actually a way of raising the bar for quality. You know, in the past when it was easier to sort of mask whether or not something was a paid promotion or whether something had sponsorship dollars behind it or whether it was authentic, caused a real sense of anxiety in the consumer. I don't know what I'm looking at. It, I don't know whether or not I'm being spoken to with honesty or if I'm being tried to sold, sell, sold, I'm being sold something on the back end. So that, that spirit of sort of transparency forces the, the producer the, and the sponsor to, to level up. They're not going to actually put their name behind something that's terrible, that's clickbait, <laughs> that's false, that's you know misleading. Um, and, and by that token, the consumer is also able to take a breath and say, oh, I know this is an ad, but this content is still good. And now I'm having the brand affinity moment that you intended me to have. <laughs> so it's a full cycle of bar raising, which I think is like super righteous. I'm, I'm dying to know a publisher's point of view after Facebook. Uh, <laughs> there's so many, like, yeah, exactly. Like, there's. Um, thank you. Um, no, but seriously, like, what makes a branded content? It's like such a obviously the topic of this whole panel, but there are like a couple of things. But I will just continue on what you just mentioned. Transparency is super important for us as well. So, for us, we, we definitely want to keep, you know, church and state separated. We want to make sure that our readers are not being misled into thinking that they're actually reading a newsroom piece. Mm. No, it's a sponsored piece. And this is what we are educating our um, partners and the brands that are advertising with us. It's like, don't be afraid of making it very clear that this is sponsored content or that this is branded content. Because if the content is great, people would still exactly. still like interact with it and they would spend time and it's been amazing like and we have so, so many yeah. exactly and it's like you don't want to again it depends like people come to us because we we are a trustworthy um, news outlet so they don't want to be misled that you know they're reading something by Bacardi uh, but it was actually presented to them as if it's like something by you know the newsroom so as long as your content is great people would still edu like um, interact with it and engage with it whether it's paid or not, yeah. right? And this again, like, goes back to what is great branded content. It's the story. It's yeah. always the story. It's like the storytelling, and we have to put the story back in storytelling. <laughs> Basically, this is our like kind of catchphrase now when we pitch. <laughs> but but this is the thing because I think that nowadays we are very spoiled when it comes to um, innovation and technical advancement and the way we can tell those stories, AR included, mm -hmm. right? But we still have to like start with a story. Yeah. Oh, on that point, before I ask uh, Rebecca uh, to give her views, I must add that Elizabeth uh, wrote a piece for us quite recently under the banner of branded content, which has been the best viewed and the most viewed this year. So, you know, to Just your point, a, a yeah, good story is um, always a story. We do, we do have like branded content stories, like when we launched the studio in 2014, I think that, that it was that year, 2015 when we had actually branded content stories and projects that were read at the same, like they would be like one of the most viewed stories in comparison with, with stuff that has been out from the newsroom as well. So again, it's a proof, like if the story is right and if you deliver it in the right way, it doesn't matter if it's paid for or <coughs> newsroom, if it's good, like people would still engage. Well, and imagine the, the weight that I felt 
being the voice of Facebook on the drum. Yeah. I mean, talk about like <laughs> comms checks. You like, but but I also like. I mean, this is this is my chance to represent my company that I'm incredibly proud of and incredibly passionate about. Yeah. And so to that point, those levers were all being pulled, right? Like Facebook wanted to show up and say something of weight and significance and resonance to the drum community. And they asked me to do it. And so I was like, I'm gonna try to do a really good job. <laughs> you know, and it and it worked and it's and it's it's just it's just paying homage to that relationship. Really. Rebecca. Well, you've said a lot of it. <laughs> Still any thunder. But no, I mean, I, I can obviously completely agree with everything you said. I mean, we, we think that branded content should actually be held to the same editorial high standards as we'd hold our own editorial. Absolutely being transparent about what is branded content mm -hmm. and what isn't, and what is paid for and what isn't. Um, but in terms of quality, it should follow exactly the same rules. It should entertain, it should educate, it should inspire, it should inform. Um, and it should tell a story. And, and whether it comes from a brand or whether it comes from our own editorial, it's, it's, still, it's still our audience that we need to engage. Um, so label correctly, you know, it should be, um, it should be able to, be, to stand up against our own just as, just as well. And by the way, you reached 5,000 views yesterday. Oh, oh, that's oh, it's, all, it's gone <laughs> over now. It has, yeah. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's our take. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, you can, you can stay. <laughs> um, Lisa, from your point of view, as, as a brand, because obviously uh, branded content has become like, you know, it's been talked about almost a saviour uh, from, from a brand point of view. I, I, I'm just curious to know, what is the attraction for brands to invest into it? Is it all about control, editorial control? Or is it part of the conversation where you want the in-house agencies, for instance? Um, no, well, our circles around a conversation about is advertising debt, <laughs> uh, and depending on our leadership, then you know that's a different conversation. Um, you know, there's a lot of chatter around that. So I, I personally don't believe advertising is dead. I think traditional television advertising has to get better, <laughs> and I think it needs to go back to those big, epic, beautiful. Mm -hmm adverts like some more Super Bowl adverts every day and that branded content becomes the thing that keeps the conversation going because how many big television ads are you gonna make every year right you can only afford one or you can only afford two but my thing I like I use this analogy around dating so I'm like okay you're gonna do this big advert or you're gonna do a big experiential event which is the other alternative now and brands can only afford to do one or two of those a year and I always say it's like dating. So you meet this girl, you take her out on a date, you take her to one of your big events, and she has the best time with you. Oh my God. And then you take her out on another date, and you see that you go to this movie, and you see this great film, and oh my God, like you're just amazing. And then you never call her again. <laughs> so what does the girl think of you now, brand? Right? So that's my, part, that's my analogy for it, because it's like, so branded content to me is a tool that can help you keep the conversation going. You know, we don't get it right all the time either. You know, I get my brand teams coming to me with finished films, and then they go, can you go PR that? And I'm like, no, I can't. It's a good verb, though. And you have, <laughs> it has become a good verb. Um, but I think, you know, you have to be careful, and I think we had this conversation earlier that branded content doesn't become disguised advertising. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So and that, that's my point of view on it. I, I feel it could be, branded content can be a tool that helps keep your conversation going over a period of time. Nelly, would you like to share some experiences? Because that's quite interesting that it is not another, just another form of advertising. In terms of talking to clients, how does that pan out? It's funny because like, obviously I do branded content, so we want to sell more branded content, but sometimes when we talk to brands, we're like, 
not sure branded content is right for them because yeah. they are actually after what they're describing is actually display ads, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been a lot of I think that internationally it's been a lot of educating when it comes to talking to brands, but also to marketers. Like it's it's a new buzzword, if you wish, like for the couple you know, for the past like couple of years, like obviously the US is kind of ahead Americans. Yeah. Um, but we are getting there, but that's the thing, like, initially... She's from Canada. Oh, yeah, I know. She's Canadian. We have Justin Trudeau. But basically, that's the... But they have you. When we launched in 2015 in London, it was quite difficult for us to kind of, you know, explain to brands what is branded content, what are the benefits, why do you have to invest mm. so much like money and time in it, right? Because mm. it's not only gating, but you're building up a relationship, exactly. right? Um, exactly. And now, because it's like so, like kind of, it's everywhere. So brands would come to us wanting branded content because it's the buzzword. Um, but then they would still not be, you know, their KPIs wouldn't be exactly aligned with what branded content can give them. Um, it's obviously a more like long-lasting relationship. It yeah. takes longer to create uh, good branded content. It takes longer to kind of you know get your audiences involved, but it's more about like brand awareness, but also loyalty. Mm. So for us, this is the thing that kind of differentiates you know standard arts when you just see it and you go and buy it, rather than like oh wait, I'm aware that you know Bacardi, Facebook, they're doing something cool that I want to invest in, mm. or you know. Mm. <laughs> tweet about. Yeah, and, the, and the KPIs need to, to adapt accordingly as well. So it's exactly. a lot more about engagement and like you say over yeah. time, building loyalty, repeat visits and mm -hmm. so on. So yeah. Yeah, but I suppose from both your point of view, so the client is always right. So if, if Lisa were to ask for, you know, you'll always be right. How do you manage those kind of conversations? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, well, she, she has uh, the drinks as well. <laughs> You're just saying that because I bought the drinks. Yes. <laughs> uh, how, how do you manage those conversations where, you know, like to your point earlier, that sometimes branded content might not be the right strategy for them? Mm. You know, are, are there any sort of learnings that, that we could share? I think, I think education is important. I think it does take a little bit of a different mindset. Um, you know, you, you're coming at it from a different angle. Um, the KPIs are different. You are looking more long term. It's much more strategic, less, less than tactical. Um, so it does, and it does take a little bit of testing and learning, um, and seeing, kind of building a bit of faith. Um, but you know, it, education is a big part of it. You can't shoehorn an advertising tactic into into content marketing. Um, it just needs to be a lot more strategic than that. Um, so it's it's a long game, um, but we're, we're getting there, and you know, we're increasingly seeing success with it. A lot of success stories out there. So it's about sharing that and kind of spreading the word. And people know that just straight advertising alone, it just isn't working anymore. So they are looking for different ways. Um, so they need to kind of trust, hopefully, uh, mm -hmm. as along the journey to kind of help them along with that. And those long games, how hard are those conversations then? It's, it, it really depends because it's like w what we just discussed earlier, right? Like how, how long do you need to build a, you know, a connection with a brand to brand loyalty or awareness? Obviously, we say like three months. Um, but again, it really depends on how how much time the brand has actually, if they're promoting an event, a specific event, or are they coming to us just because they want to raise awareness. Um, and what is interesting is that now we would have brands coming to us, as I said, and they would be like, we want branded content, 
or we want something with AR, right? Or before it was like VR last year. <laughs> they do that, and then we're viral. like, let's just like, you know, take a step back and be like, what is your story? Calm what down. are your KPIs? And then let's see if actually AR or VR or whatever, like, you know, deliverable you want actually makes sense. Yeah. So I think the client, in the end of the day, is always right. What we are trying to do is kind of educate them as much as we can and also give them our best, you know, like kind of advice and recommendation. But I'm also like saying, always stay true to your audience as well, because like, that's why the client comes to us in the end of the day, right? Because they want our audience. So in, in yeah. like going back Finding to, you know, like, yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's like, you, you still want to like have the, the same level of, you know, like of deliverables and like the quality, but also you want to make sure that you create content that would actually resonate with our audiences yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about storytelling and being authentic, and a word you, uh, Andrew, used earlier uh, was entertainment. Um, and I was talking to a car marketeer uh, recently, and he said this to me, that a lot of brands are going to start funding more entertainment as opposed to branded content. So I'm just wondering, should we then be talking about branded entertainment rather than branded content? Is that airball? <laughs> no, 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 go ahead. I mean, I think it's semantics. I, I think that, um, you know, generally I think that if someone was going to split the atom and say that, that there was co branded content, branded entertainment, you're talking more about a brand almost white labeling uh, a living, breathing entertainment entity and mm -hmm. trying to get shine from association. Um, I think that's actually an interesting tactic, particularly in the arena of brands that don't actually have a lot to say. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So, like, if I can take you back, like, a decade, I'm really old. So, like, I, I grew up at RGA, you know, and I remember back in the day, we used to actually ask clients a very hard question. Do you actually think that you should be advertising on the internet at all? And that was back when the internet was still a little bit of the Wild West, right? And people were going for very, very intimate sort of authentic experiences and it was it was it was very binary in terms of how people sort of showed up that turned into uh, brands coming to us and saying can you do a viral <laughs> can you make a viral for us and we'd be like no <laughs> all the way to today where I think that the, the equivalent of that conversation is is a brand very hungrily and, 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 and you know, with good intentions saying, we want to get into this branded content slash entertainment arena. And I'm like, okay, cool. To your point, what do you have to say, mm. right? And, and I actually- And who cares? And who cares? <laughs> and why? And, and, and you don't need this to succeed, right? Like if you're mm -hmm. selling toilet cleaner, don't get me wrong, like we can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like, like what actually can you, can you righteously put your label on and not have it seem off-puttingly, mm. like, like forced? Mm. So toilet cleaner, right? Like actually when you get into branded entertainment, I could think of 10 shows that could be sponsored by toilet cleaner and be kind of awesome, right? Like <laughs> a, 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 like prison show, oh, like apocalyptic yes. <laughs> kind of shit. Like, I mean, like there's, like, and, then you, and then you're like, get a ha-ha moment when you see Domestos like attached to like your zombie movie and you're like, that's kind of cool, right? So they don't have to be the ones who are saying these are my words to say this is, some, this is something that we're passionate about, like assume this culture with us. Mm. So I think that there's lots of opportunities, and, and that's just one slice of the pie, but, um, 
But I think that that brought to you by is an interesting way for brands to play without actually putting their sticking their neck out and saying these are this these are my words, these are my ideas, this is yeah. my culture. Yeah. Um, so I think it's all branded in entertainment, but I I, I mean, it's all branded in content, but right. some of it could just be more of its own thing. Yeah, because I mean, if if we're still talking about the Oreo moment on Twitter as being one of the best, um, you know, because if you if you Google it as one of the Wait, best, who? Uh, um, Twitter. I'm just wondering, you know, the, the, what I am hearing is that branded content is is clearly still seen as some sort of a singular approach to marketing. Mm. Whether you have had any kind of experiences where you, you've seen branded content almost sit as part of an overall marketing strategy. Um, right. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm sure you, you're going to come in and say that that's how, how you operate. Um, are there any, any examples that, that people can talk about or share? Uh, examples of? of? Of branded content sitting in as part of an overall marketing strategy and not as, as a singular approach to marketing that we want branded content. Like uh, Elizabeth said earlier, we want a viral. Can you make yeah. a viral? <laughs> Can you do branded yeah. content? I, know, I just want to say to people, I mean, it's not called a marketing mix for nothing. <laughs> it's just kind of my line. I mean, because the same thing's happening with influencers. Mm. Like a lot of people are like, it was like, again, and, you know, let's do PR, traditional PR, or mar even marketing, advertising. Now we're going to get influencers to do it, but everybody's like running over here, like there's a shiny bird. Yeah, and now they're not doing any of the other thing, and I'm just going, okay, wait, everybody just slow down. Like, we just got, you got to find that right balance in your, <coughs> in your marketing mix. Yeah. Do, um, does anyone else have any, any experiences to share on that? What about uh, you? Well, we, we, what we're trying to do, because again, the future of branded content and all that, it's probably a different topic, but like, um, when we what is the future of branded but the idea is like because it's it, it ha like it, it shouldn't be separated like you know what I mean like we do create like we have an influencer we actually bought like an influencer um, company and, and they're based in, in, in California and back to your question about the entertainment as well we have like this um, um, they're called fake love and they're amazing in creating like this you know interactive experiences because it's all about experiences right now but all of this in a way it's, it's called fake love they're called fake love straight up yeah, fake loss, I know. <laughs> Going back to relationships and dating. Um, but the whole idea is like, yeah, I mean, this can be part of this holistic experience and you shouldn't think of it as a, like a separate thing. Again, it depends on what your KPIs are, what your budgets are, and how you're actually, and how your brand is being structured in your system. Because sometimes we would have companies who come to us and they're just like, you know, I have 100, like 100K and this is what I want to do. Sometimes you have someone who is looking for like a longer engagement with us and longer relationship which would basically involve everything from you know like sponsorship branded content maybe like live conferences um experiential events so it's all like it's kind of a one big i think kind of world like universe of you know like branded content pieces and deliverables in a way in terms of examples, uh, there's actually a client I work with in my last role, uh, Lego, who I've got this down. Like so they, cool. have, I mean, everyone knows the, the Lego, really high level, you know, the Lego movie, fantastic content marketing yeah. success. 
but they have got content marketing embedded in their culture. So it, you know, every single product marketing team has a content strategist now. Mm. They made that move about two mm. years ago. So every time they've got kind of a product group coming out, new launch, you know, they, they think, where does this sit in our content strategy? What what's our content story with this? And it runs through you know all <coughs> different channels uh, in a really really smart, cohesive way. Um, that's one of the best examples I've seen on the consumer side. Yeah. Um, if you, just to just to build on that, I think that the one change and the shift that we've made is we've brought all disciplines into the connections planning. Right. Mm. You know, it used to just be the home of the media buying agency, but we've got everybody, including awesome. including PR, <coughs> in the connection strategy. Because to my point about your investment, you know, you're like, okay, we got a TV spot here, but then we've got this happening, and then you can fill in this keeping the conversation going point. You know, you can just keep, you can then plot it all together in into one place. So that's one shift we've made. And, and talking about the conversations going up for 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 uh, some of the brands or, or um, some of the organisations who are still slightly hesitant about branded content. I mean, can we start saying that's the best way to probably buy uh, pass uh, ad blockers? <laughs> that's a good point because I was talking preparing for this panel because I did my homework. I'm I talked to our audience development person and I'm like, ad blockers will come up. Thank you. Um, this is what you were saying. Yeah, that's like basically one of the ways to go around this. For now, I'm sure that they would be. You know, we should work harder on. But yeah, it's it's a way like branded content. It's a way to go around ad blockers. Does anyone else have that? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was all in then. I would, I, would, I, would, I would like to think we're not that the conversation isn't let's get around ad blockers by doing branded content because but, yeah. it's kind of maybe the intention is, isn't quite at the strategic level. I would, I would like to hear it talked about, but um, but certainly it, it does, it, it challenges it. Yeah. Um, one of the things we haven't talked about, of course, is data. Uh, and I'm just wondering, you know, everyone's talking about data-driven strategies. How is that embedded in the conversations you are having uh, for branded content? Are we talking uh, about data, uh, or, or are we still at a very, very early stage of branded content? Well, if I can start this, um, it's funny because I'm always definitely like, how do you measure if your branded content is successful? Right? We talked about what makes it good, but how do we actually measure if it's if it's successful, so basically it's how it performs. What we have um, at Key Brands in the New York Times is like we have the CPV model, so it's um, cost per view. So whatever we sell and create for a client, we also like obviously commit to deliver a certain point, you know, a certain number of views. Also, of course, like benchmarks when it comes to scroll depth and all that. So this is how you kind of um, measure the performance of your of your project in the end of the day. Um, and again, there is this other thing when you like the award-winning content, when all of us creatives are kind of, you know, it's nourishing our egos and stuff. Um, honestly, like award-winning content doesn't necessarily mean like greatly performing content when it comes to data. Again, like you have to be very mindful when it, when it comes to, you. and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you have like better insights like with, with Facebook, but it's like, um, we have to like to, you know, it really depends on the KPIs like of the client. So sometimes if they want to like promote a video, obviously you have to post the video on the top of the page no matter what. It might be like a very cheesy video, unfortunately, but they want to like, you know, promote page views. So it's like there. So it really depends what they want to achieve. Do they want to have like a very memorable, creative experience mm -hmm. or is actually data? And usually it's the latter actually. Um, data is very important. Yeah. So how, how, what, what is the different approaches for both Facebook and Bacardi than when you are looking at branded content or how to measure it? 
Oh, I'm going to let you answer that, if that's okay. Yeah. Only because, <laughs> no, because I think it's the changing algorithms and, and whatnot is a really interesting one for us as well, because, and it's a, it's a conversation about, um, in, like, is it, like, you're changing your, with social interactions, like, where the content's going to live now on yeah. Facebook, and I, right. I think, I think you can answer the question. <laughs> um, no, it's a big conversation. And the Lord said, yeah. <laughs> um, no, okay, so, so I, I am actually really super proud to have this conversation with you. Because one of the things that, and I can't get into the nitty gritty, obviously, I mean, we can talk about that after, but, but one of the things that makes me very proud to work at Facebook is the al algorithm, the nature of the algorithm, and the thing that I was referring to before about the consumer having so much more control than they ever had before. If you're not interested in something, you're not going to see it. Right? Like, that's actually how the algorithm's working. Like, it, obviously, it's not a perfect science, mm -hmm. but the, 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 the auction is in your favor. That's, I mean, and that's completely by choice. And obviously, we're here to serve our marketers, but ultimately, we're here to serve our people. We're serve, and, and, and Facebook is a place for private individuals to have a, a good experience where they're connecting with other people around the world and their families. So, the auctions, when the auction is in your favor, it, it inspires a really interesting creative conversation about data. And so that sounds like a, like a misnomer, but, but when you're forced to actually parse with some sensitivity who you think was, will be interested in your content, then you are holding a very big mirror up to yourself as a brand saying like, oh shit, is anybody going to be interested in this? And if so, who and who are they? And, and, and it gives you like a really humane moment when you think about mom, 52, Midwest, three kids, and that if that's your target and you want a good success and you want good, good scroll and you want good click throughs and things like that, then you have to like step back and reshape your content, thinking about with like a human face in front of you. But that's and gonna that result in better is, content, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it's it. gonna result in better content. It's which more nuanced. Around the yep, shift. it's more authentic. <laughs> but it's, and, yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting you're talking about the human approach to it because if we are talking about people, obviously trust and transparency, those are big debates mm -hmm. to be had. And yep. you know, it's, it's like you're talking about the 52 year old mom. Mm -hmm. She is not to know that we are sitting here saying this is branded content, this is influencer marketing. She probably doesn't doesn't know well. She obviously doesn't know the difference, and probably probably does not trust either. I'm just wondering where are we on that journey where we we are talking to the consumers about what is branded content and whether they should be able to or how they should be able to, to trust it. I mean, I can only speak for us in that it's absolutely mandatory. Like, if, if, if there are goods or services being exchanged for a piece of content on our platform, like, it has to be up, right up top. Um, and that's on purpose. And it's, it's, it's serving two masters. We want people to feel good about seeing branded content and not feel bad about it. They want to, like, not have a negative impulse when they see that sponsored by. They want to have a good feeling about that brand because the content's great and it's relevant to them. It's just, it's like a, it's actually kind of a perfect, a perfect system. Nelly, you obviously you know cater to specific target audiences at specific times. Right. I mean, how does the the, the conversation about trust and transparency well, that, does it even happen? It's that's the thing. Like that's why again <coughs> I talked to our audience development person. Yeah. And I knew that this was going to come up. <laughs> um, so I've been told that this wouldn't affect us per se because we do targeted. So we don't do like organic that much. So basically, okay, it's, it's like. 
Exactly. And it's like, um, we're always transparent. I mean, we always put like, again, going back to you have to be like, seriously, like, I think like fooling your audience is the worst thing you can do to a brand and to a publisher. So it's always like out there glaring, like it's, I think now our disclaimer is paid for and posted by, and then you have the big logo of the company, like of the brand. Again, we initially, like now everybody's kind of on board, but before I remember like companies being, can we just like kind of change this disclaimer? And like maybe like we don't want the logo there. Um, but yeah, being transparent and again, like make sure that your um, branded content, the way it's designed, it's actually, it, it's obvious that it's not a, a newsroom piece. Like literally, like you don't have to like even read into the detail, but you can see like ours are like, we have this blue frame, I think. It's, and it's quite obvious, which is funny because like sometimes we, we, we pitch to companies and we go and we go and be like, we're gonna create this amazing thing and it's gonna be so innovative and like this and that. And then they go like, no, we want like, you know, proper photos and just a copy because we want it to look as a newsroom piece. And this is again like something that you need to educate your um, cast, like your clients about as well. Like it needs to be clearly defined as a, uh, branded content or so heavy or so something. heavy in your case because the authenticity of the new york times yeah. is resting on whether I, or not it's clear but, like, I, but we have to but also like there are like other publishers like for example i know that's what the guardian does they literally like you can click yeah. on it and yeah. then it explains like what it yeah. means like branded yeah. content what it means sponsored content awesome. so it's like a lot yeah. of like you know education i don't know if people would go through it and click on it but again it's there um it's yeah it's, you but, just have to be transparent but as a brand and like I mean, I don't know any, how many people here are working for a brand. I mean, it's, you know, you're kind of like, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I'm going to put that pressure back on the publishers yeah. to then tell me and make sure that I, or how, like, you to help me ensure I'm going to get the right eyeballs on it and that people are going to see it like an ad. So, yeah. you know, like, th this is where the relationship lies because you're, there's not being forced to, but we're going to have this transparency, which is great. And for the consumer, like either the expectations of the client have to go down in terms of who's viewing it and how many views. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? That there might be an education there. So like we need your help to yeah. do that on the other side as well. Yeah, you know, because it would like we've always tried to disguise our messaging as editorial mm -hmm. or something. <laughs> but this, <laughs> no, but this again goes back to like it's been a, but no, up until now it's been a value exchange. It's like <laughs> we're gonna give you this. Yeah. And you're gonna give me that. I mean, that's just journalism as no, well, right? Absolutely. Like, I'm gonna even interview with somebody, and then you're gonna do something back for me. And then there's the times when you actually don't have anything to say, and you gotta <laughs> pay. You have to pay to play. Yeah. Um, but I think that I think that's where the struggle is gonna be. Like, I don't want my branded content to look like to be framed in blue, and to be like about a watch. Well, I'm and sorry, I just want to know. I just want to know. No, no, I just want to know if I. <laughs> I, like I'm not saying it's it's the New York Times. Specific. I'm just saying I need your help then to manage my expectations on uh, the measurements around it and the KPIs around that and what I can expect from it. No, absolutely. Because yeah. that's the shift. Yeah. Yeah. We still have a big, big red logo on Elizabeth's piece, still we branded content. It's yeah. still went yeah. fully. Um, yeah, and the, and, on the thing, and, and I think you know because branded content, the quality is going up. We're going away from the old uh, pictorial days, right? Yeah. Where it's just yeah. like it's an ad. It's just got a, a logo slapped on it. You know, 
if we're going to create really good branded content, and we take very much a kind of co-creation approach to a lot of the stuff we do in drum studios, you know, we're creating content with the client. You know, we're utilizing their expertise, but with you know our credibility and our expertise as well, and creating some stuff that we know will engage our readers. And then we badge it accordingly, but it's often you know the drum in association with, and it's very much it's a co-creation. And then we're building up trust with our audience that okay, it's branded content coming from the drum with a partner. Um, and then and I'm, I'm sure it's the same with you guys. It's T Brand Studio with said said yeah. client, said brand. Um, and you know we're, we're we're doing that kind of building of trust as we go. Um, and I think the like I think the reader um, or the viewer is more like is more savvy as well to know that publishers need money. The advertise like traditional advertising spend is going you know is going down. So the, you need branded content to stay alive as well. So yeah. I think that's an education another education job to do with your viewer or your or your reader yeah and to, to help the brand who's then going to invest in the content no instead yeah. of buying the traditional ad space which they would have done before no right? absolutely but again like going back to your like you know your point of like how branded do you want it like that's usually one of our like starting like questions when we talk to clients because they would come and again going back to uh, is it like a display ad or branded content like it's they would come to us with branded content and they would ask, where is the watch, right? So that's our, like, <laughs> like where is the watch? Um, so it's always like, you want to tell a good story and this is how people engage with it, like when it's like a story that they can actually, the readers can connect to or learn something. Even if it's like, if the company, like if the brand has a story to tell, great, because then people would engage with it naturally and organically. But then when we have to like come up with a cool story or maybe like, you know, some initiative that they care about, the least branded, like you know, the, it is the be the better because it's like this is how people engage. But sometimes we would have, we would still have clients, and this goes back to like display ad versus branded content. They would want to promote their products. Yeah. They would come to us for branded content, but they actually what they want to see it's like their new shop, their new product. What you want an ad? Yeah. Yeah. And and you know I have that conversation. And I'm sure most of you do as well with your clients or with your like internal clients or external. But you know, like I've done branded content where. Bacardi didn't even get mentioned until mm -hmm. you know a minute thirty in, or you know, in a longer piece of content. And I've had, you know, my leadership come to me and go, "Well, Bacardi's not mentioned until yeah. one minute thirty seconds." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's really good content. We're gonna get more followers on it." But I think <coughs> there's just there's lots to discuss around um, how how people are consuming content. Like I'm really interested too in the um, the what's the trend is uh, I'm seeing a lot more long form content come out too. That's actually, yeah, this is like a controversy, right? Cause everybody yeah. was saying nobody reads long form articles on internet, but they actually do. Yeah. It really depends. But I just think, I think that the challenge is like, I, I say there's the thing that the brand wants to say, and then there's what people really want to know about or want to hear about and where they meet in the middle. That's where the magic happens. And I think, you know, that's where we look to you for your help. That's what I'm, you know, mm. educating in, inside my business as well. And we're not always going to get it right, but as long as we're all moving in that direction and helping to move the agenda forward so that the content does get better, then we're all going to be in a. You're going to have more fun creating it, and as a, as the brand or as the client, you're gonna you're gonna get more out of it because it'll come with the con consumers or the customers who are following it and engaging. Yeah. Uh, and are there any other trends that Facebook is seeing in terms of um, new forms of branded content? Um, I think that uh, it, not necessarily in terms of forms of branded content, but certainly in terms of um, mobile consumption, mm -hmm. which we're yes. talking, we were talking about, which is interesting. So we have sort of an ethos at Creative Shop, which we call 70-2010, um, 
and and it's uh, I mean it was probably invented by an engineer actually because it doesn't make like perfect creative sense but seventy percent of the time that we spend on our mobile devices we're consuming content that's five seconds or less mm -hmm. um, and I mean based on the current data that's like pretty much eighty percent of your waking hours <laughs> like, so don't quote me on that but but so uh, you're, we're on our phones a whole lot and seventy percent of that time is spent consuming very 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 short content. Um, we we can we scroll the the height of the Empire State Building every day yeah. in our, in our feeds, like it's fast. And so I mean a good a good creative when I go to creative agencies and they're like we can't possibly communicate big ideas in this short format. I'm like hey guys remember Prince? Like we all probably actually started as marketers doing things like billboards. And some of the greatest marketing in the history of marketing is those print ads where it's like, bam, art, copy, just slaying, you know, like, <laughs> like absolutely just heart-stopping messaging and images, right? Like the Volkswagen stuff, like it, like we we can re, we can use those, those those old muscles and still come back and have big ideas in those short periods of time. I mean, you just make it move now. It's like kind of cool. Yeah. So then the 20% is slightly longer content. We call it up to about 15 seconds. And then the 10% of the time is the long form. We do we do a um, on-the-go, lean forward, lean back kind of <laughs> meme about it. And the lean back thing is what we're actually kind of talking about today. So it's it's longer pieces of creative. It's, it's you know, full form video. It's stuff that takes minutes to consume. And actually, I mean, um, I'm very interested in this space becoming more robust, um, but it, uh, there's things that have to happen in terms of how content is created. So framing has to change, like really simple kind of like logistical things. Framing has to change for mobile. And then also just the, the narrative of the story. And, and one thing that you can take all the way to the bank is that if you want people to stay for a longer piece of content, you have to hook them in three seconds mm. in the same way that they were on the go. So it's important to have kind of like a big a big splash in the beginning, and then they're in and they'll stay, yeah. um, and that's that's really like fun fun and exciting. But, but if you haven't, there's some really interesting long form. Like I think HP did something with their Mr. Robot, yes. mm -hmm. uh, which was interesting, and then there was I don't even know it was some competitive whiskey brand ours, but <laughs> it was uh, what's his name? Some actor from Parks and Rec, but sitting drinking whiskey silently for 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, exactly. I exactly. love those spots, man. Those are really so, uh, I mean, there. I just and the rise of the podcast is really yes. interesting yeah. to watch as well. In and all of that's being turned into. So I, I, I like. I'm finding that space really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. like podcast is one of the things that is now. You know, it's funny because it's like. We're going from VR and AR to podcasts, which is like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah. Back to radio. But that goes back to your lean back. back. <laughs> it goes back to the lean back. But it's, it's, right. it's also yeah. still yeah. like, yeah. like, people yeah. are still on the go. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. 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 That, that, that the, the visual language has to yeah. change. People yeah. are just willing to listen to longer content. But yeah. It's easier to yeah. consume, I'd say, yeah. and to interact. Yeah. Like, obviously, with VR and AR, you still have, like, this, you know, technological kind of barrier but with, with the other challenge though with podcasts is like the measurement so it's very difficult to kind of you know the data but it's like yes. industry yeah. by itself yeah. it's 
But it's interesting how we have to like old school, yeah. super yeah. futuristic stuff. It's yeah. really and it's radio. I mean, it's yeah. fucking radio. Before I open the uh, floor to uh, questions, uh, well, we'll be launching a podcast series soon. Uh, <laughs> 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 You're so on track. Just pause that, by the way. Can I do when I promise not to swear? Sorry. Um, uh, just, just last week, um, I did a fantastic uh, uh, interview with one of the hostesses at the President's Club. We always came to So watch out, we'll be announcing that soon. Uh, but, but, uh, but last question, actually, to, to the panel, and almost taking the analogy of, of dating. I wouldn't know, I've been married for almost 20 years. So once you, you, you've done all of, all of that, um, and been married like me for 20 years, uh, going back to, to uh, content marketing um, and, and branded content. Will it ever reach a point of saturation? Are we anywhere near that, uh, do, do, do you think? Well, I can't predict the future. As a PR person, I always say I can't predict the future. So I, well, you I don't know. Yeah. But what I do know is that it, we all know it evolves, right? Like, you know, branded content has, even in the last 12 months, branded content has evolved. Influencers has evolved. Has evolved. I think... But the substance or the idea of creating compelling stories has not changed. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that that's, goes back. That goes back. And um, I think that substance will stay the same. The form may change. I totally agree. And I think that also, I mean, it, it already has. I mean, everything's branded content, if you think about it. Yeah. Like, if you follow the buck all the way home, yeah. like, <laughs> like it's been branded content since the very beginning. Yeah. I think we're reaching a new era of transparency, which will be a double-edged sword for all involved. I do think that I have a lot of trust and faith in people, and that as long as people are, are able to engage in the conversation as opposed to being a captive audience, that things will seek an appropriate level, you know. Like as long as I can say I'm, I don't want to see this anymore. Um, as a fit, then you know everything is going to be okay. <laughs> Nelly, you've been talking about the future. Yeah. Well, <laughs> again, I think that branded content is now what we used to call advertorials in a simple, yes. like you know, form. <laughs> so again, I think that the yeah, like I mean, the quest for you know, like good stories, brand, like good. Um, Brand stories would continue. It's just like the way we deliver them, or whatever, like we label, you know, this delivery as well. Obviously, now, you know, it was like this static print, like articles brought to you um, by whomever. Um, and now it's like online. So, because it's online, we can do videos, we can do infographics, we can do VR. AR soon, talk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, also like, you know, it goes like beyond like your screen now, it goes into, you know, like um, proper like physical spaces when we go to, you know, interactive experiences and events and all that. So I think the form and the way we deliver it, um, the medium might change, but it would still be, you know, some kind of, you know, branded content, like paid content by brands. I think like, cause in, it's like a good storytelling opportunity and a good way for brands to connect in a more genuine, I would say, way with their with their audiences. And I think, like in the end of the day, this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same. I think t being able to tell the right story to the right audience will always out. I think the delivery of that is a very, very busy space. It's only getting busier, and, and you know, we, I know we talk about content fatigue and drowning in content, mm. and to a degree, that's that's true. But if you can get 
the right message to the right to the right audience, then that will always that will always cut through. Um, and I think that data is going to become increasingly important to that. And I do think we're going to see a lot more personalization in the content marketing space. So if I had a prediction, yeah. I would I would say personalization would be it. Yeah, mm -hmm. hyper local. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Word up. Um, questions from the floor, please. Who wants to go first? And could you also say your name and where you're from as well? I'm Diane from the drum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ladies, for your great contribution. I'm going to put, put a negative note on here to see how you respond. Uh, what do you think is the biggest threat to brand content and how would you go about mitigating these threats? What do you think would be waiting around the corner? In, in terms of like what's the next thing that will take yeah. over branded content? Yeah. Or, or yeah. Do you think it's here to stay? I, I think Rebecca hit that ahead, and I think we were all saying that the the form may change, but moving image content, for, like I think it's all there. It's just how it evolves is going to be. Because it's going to be like an app blocking for branded content. Then these guys got to make a lot of money still. <laughs> <laughs> app blockers don't really. That's not really our thing, you know. Yeah. Like so, I mean, that's that's cool. But we we're making very very <laughs> deliberate, optimistic movements on behalf of humanity to try to make sure that transparency is mandatory. And I think that that's the biggest stopgap that we can we can offer. There certainly will be plenty of other platforms that don't do the same. But all we can do is is mind our own backyard. So I'm, I'm hoping that that will not be a thing. <laughs> And from my end, I don't, I mean, I don't think that there is, again, like what we just finished on about the future of branded content, I think it would always be there. There are like a lot of threats, I think, to when it comes to bad branded content, right? Um, but that's again, like, you know, if you're not transparent, if you just mistake like branded content for like art, like, you know, like just like a static art and you want to promote your products, this is how like people don't engage. Um, yeah, that's basically it. But I think that branded content, or in any like whatever we label it, but this kind of engagement between brands and you know creating content would still be valid and remain. I think an additional question to that would be that um, because branded content seems to be coming out of everywhere. So, you know, mm. you, you talk about Lego, for instance, and then their ad agencies and their publishers mm. and <laughs> of course brands uh, doing their own branded content. I mean. What happens sort of going forward? Is there going to be more sort of collaboration, or will it all go uh, in-house where, where brands are concerned? Um, you know, talking about that 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 threat. It's um, it's funny because like I think that we talked about this earlier, but it's like um, now everybody's talking about how um, advertising was you know the way like the whole system in the industry works would be rethought because of branded content. Um, so the way like advertising agencies would work with their clients, it would totally change because of the, you know, like this kind of renaissance of branded content. Um, that's one thing. Um, to your point, and that was something that I wanted to touch upon like earlier when you mentioned it. Um, yes, you do have a lot of brands that create their own content studios, and I think that's great. Um, I think that it's good to have someone from inside the brand that actually knows what's happening and kind of centralize this idea of messaging and also like 360 engagement when it comes to, you know, your, you know, display ads, your branded content and all that. Um, there are a lot of publishers that already are um, consulting and kind of, you know, collaborating with brands in terms of literally teaching them how to create, how to create content, what is their story, how to tell the story and all that. Um, so yeah, I think it's a lot of, there's been a lot of like changes within within the industry and by 
by the industry, I mean everything from you know like creative agencies, advertising agencies to brands themselves mm -hmm. in terms of content. I think that's where the threat is because what, what I'm <coughs> observing with all, all of our agencies is you know there's it used to be you're gonna make it, this agency makes a TV ad, <laughs> this agency does the, and yeah. you know those we all know those lines are just so yeah. blurred and so gray and then everybody's like it's a bun fight everybody's trying to grab budget um and i think it's tougher on the agency side i think it's tougher if you're there and you're competing because the pr agency can like ad agencies think they can do pr pr thinks they can do the con like and they can yeah. because they're all hiring it in themselves like they're what like you wouldn't be a good pr agency today if you didn't have a content division and you wouldn't be a good ad agency if you weren't thinking about can this ad or this content make a headline mm. So I think it's more competitive on that side, um, so and a lot of new ones, like small ones, popping up as well. And that's why, you know, I'm not. This is not how it does. It, it works at our place on every brand, and every brand operates differently depending on the leadership. But I know some companies where it's like, you know, it pitches out to the entire agency group. There's a first phase. Who who wins? I, like phase one, which is the idea. Like mm -hmm. let's get the brand idea, or let's get that. Okay, phase one, good. Now everybody rally around that idea. Mm -hmm. Now come back with your discipline. So, I, I think how brands brief agencies is going to need to evolve, and how agencies service clients, and it, it doesn't always belong with the above the line agency. But it's tough on ad agencies now, and yeah. brands like me are coming and saying, I don't want a TV ad. That's yeah. tough. What's your experiences? Oh, I was going to say, you know, that I think some of the issues are, you know, with the brands because they're not structurally set up to take advantage of the way yeah. that content can actually accelerate their business. Mm -hmm. It's very refreshing to hear that you as an organisation are thinking content first and that is really important and I think that the more brands that can do that, the more they're going to benefit from it. So I think it's about getting that message out in a, in a way that people understand how to do it brilliantly. Uh, we have another question on you. Um, hello, uh, I'm Catherine, I'm from FCB Defer, so obviously I'm from the agency side. I was just going to ask you, because um, you know, I don't disagree with anything it said, it's um, exactly where I think everyone needs to go, but um, I actually work on a brand where um, we've kind of got like, you know, brand stories is another really big thing, and mm -hmm. we, we know that's where we need to go, um, <coughs> but we're still kind of tied down with, uh, you know, it's interesting you guys talk about because the KPIs are still quite traditional, yet so we're getting into this area of brand stories. So it'd be good to get your advice on what, what was that switch for you? Um, I guess the switch is obviously from, from your position of Sakari, but you know, what was that switch in terms of the KPI and and what were the steps you get I guess you guys kind of can take or how, you know, awkwardly from an agency perspective, how do you help your clients get to that level that, that, that sort of mindset, I guess? Yeah, I, I mean I wish I could give you like, you know, here is the magic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't, and and we're figuring it out too. So I mean, I we have a whole team on it right now that is doing a lot of marketing, like modeling, and we are working with our partners, like with our you know suppliers and vendors to like because OMD measures it different than BBDO, then measures it different than Facebook, and what's the right one and how it would. So I, if I can make you feel better, I think everybody in this room is in the same <laughs> place and. You have a new panel on that the drum when somebody <laughs> figures it out. Um, I think I think that's the thing about branded content, influencers, everything. I think we have to make the clients um, comfortable with ambiguity. <laughs> they got to be comfortable with the fact that it's not a science. 
there is some science mixed with art mixed with luck, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, I, me personally, I'm not worried, you know, is it one million clicks or is it one million point five clicks or, or engagements or whatever the number is or whatever you're measuring. It's kind of, is it going in the right direction? Mm -hmm. Am I talking to, I'm looking for more qualitative measures than just the quantitative measures because I don't, I could reach a million people, but if it's the wrong people, it's useless to me. So I, I wish I could give you a clear answer, but I can't, but if it makes you feel any better. <laughs> We're all in the same boat. Um, from VCMA point of view, is there talk around standardization at all? Well, you know, we, we've had a measurement tool in place for the last 10 years. We, we work with Ipsos Mori who uh, measure branded content campaigns around the world. So we understand from effectiveness, how effective is a campaign? Not how many views it's done mm -hmm. on YouTube, yeah. because you know, if it's done 10 million views, well, are they real people? You know, what is it actually doing for your brand? So I think it's about measuring the right things in the first instance. Ultimately, you've got to sell more stuff, mm -hmm. because you know, that's what we're all doing in marketing. But you know, we do kind of understand how to, to measure it. I'd love to have more conversations with you about it, but you know, there is this kind of, you know, ambiguity about you know all right love ambiguity but the fact is you know I, I come from a media background it's all about accountability mm -hmm. and I know that you know brands will not invest in stuff they don't get they don't understand because you've got to justify it to your CEO and if you can go to the CEO look I know we don't we, you know we sell booze you know we sell alcohol we don't really make stuff but we're <coughs> gonna do this stuff and you know the potential ROI is this yeah and you've got to talk to it in business language there's so many amazing ideas and amazing, we all want to be innovative. And as you say, we want to do the shiny new thing, but we've got to know what it's going to do for the brand. So. Yeah. Uh, do we have any more questions? Yes. Hi, I'm um, Karen Murray. I head up the International Content Studio for CNBC. So it's really great to hear all these perspectives. And obviously we're part of NBC Universal. Entertainment's in our blood story. King, all of that. What we try and do is get to a place where our content starts to build communities and we start a TV conversation. Then you get to a place where your branded content, that you know, people rely on your branded content. So we try and get to a place where the audience actually relies on it. And I suppose my question is towards you, Nelly, because I think we've got shared ground in terms of um, yeah. <laughs> church and state. So you had said that um, you, you know, the 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 brands are after your audience and um, the integrity, you know, the shared values of, of, of uh, New York Times. How do you, though, you know, keep church and state separate, commercial and editorial separate, whilst also trying to take branded content to the next level, embracing editorial values? Sorry, that's very... It's, no, it's, it's totally, like, it's a, it's a very good question and it's very valid. I, um, the thing is that I can't, like, for example, I can never use, like, an editor that works for the newsroom. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, like a big no-no. Both -no. <laughs> our editors at T-Brand actually come from a journalistic background. Technically, they could have been, like, people who used to work for the New York Times at some point, but none of them is actually, but it's just, like, I mean, it's allowed. Uh, but we still need, like, six months separation. Like, we really want to keep the integrity of the newsroom. Uh, intact. Um, what we're trying to do is like, again, as Rebecca mentioned, it's like the same standards, right? I don't want my story to be shit, right? <laughs> I don't want my like, I don't want our like, whatever comes out of out of T-Brand, we want it to be like as if, you know, it was actually written from, well, I hope, Pulitzer winning, you know, <laughs> editor. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's more like keeping it up to the standards of the, new, of the newsroom. 
Um, and this is what I mean by, you know, like kind of, it still has to be associated. And again, it's like this, that's why it's called like, you know, branded content, native advertising. Mm -hmm. It's native in terms of people would come to us to read something that they, you know, like they would expect probably the same quality or level of quality as they would expect from the Negro. So this is what we are trying to achieve. Um, and this is more from, you know, like storytelling editorial point of view. Um, and again, I'm always like, the story is at the core of any successful um, branded content. But also what, what we're trying to do, like, you know, moving forward as well, it's like the way we deliver the stories, right? Um, so we would use, uh, we're fortunate to have the New York Times, um, you know, um, our innovation group and whatever like things that they can <coughs> have, we can actually integrate them in branded content as well. So like one of the first uh, VR branded, sorry for going back to VR all the time, yeah, really but it's not. like <laughs> one of the biggest, you know, like one of the first branded content VR pieces was actually done by, by T-Brown Studio and it was to GE. Yeah, we also won oh, the VR application. Yeah, that was we, great. We won the, we won the app. It took us forever, by the way. That's why I'm like, I'm not, I know that I mentioned VR so many times. I'm not even, it really depends. I know you have to, you need like the right story. You need a lot of money. You need a lot of time to do it. But my point is that we really, like we were still able to use something that was, you know, originally developed by the New York Times, you know, in terms of like, you know, in terms of the platform, let's say, because we were like, it lives on our VR app, for example, the New York Times VR app. And we won uh, the Cannes Lions Award for it as well. So it's more like tapping into the technical capabilities and also like, you know, trying to live up to the standards of the New York Times um, editorial team. So the bar is quite high. Well, that's your brand proposition, that's man. Exactly. Like that's like, that's I why know, people want to do I know, but that's why it's like it's too. great like, because like people come to us for this, and then we have to obviously yeah. deliver. Yeah. Um, I think we have yes, yes. James Hare and all shining group. We've got Chris Brandra actually. Uh, maybe it's very possible for Paul. Is I think what's really interesting today is that there's a, <coughs> and we've just been witness to this in some work that we've just done is that as Facebook has grown hugely and other social media platforms have. Do we, have you done any research that shows, can a brand be the driver of the content and have the same impact? Or do they need a CNBC, a New York Times, a Washington Post, to yeah. give it editorial credibility, credibility? <coughs> on its own, like Red Bull, everyone quotes Red Bull, but can we get, can we, well, are we heading to a future where really good that's a brand that's 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 excellent question. Mm, sorry. <coughs> the answer is, you know, depends what brand it is. Yeah. I think if your brand has the credibility, like a Bacardi does the B Lounge, you know, you've you've got an amazing, you know, um, history of doing great content, great events. You know, then yes, you can build on that. If you're a, you know, a toilet, toilet huh? it's a bit more difficult. But you know, look at John Deere. You know, back in 1895, you know, they produced the Furrow magazine. It was all about agricultural machinery. That's branded content, guys. That's 120 years ago. <laughs> Still being published today. So, you know, I don't think there is any boundaries to doing it, but I think your point is you've got to have the right story, the right narrative. The fact that you've got journalists writing amazing stories, well, that is what brands need. You know, it's about putting it all together. So, you know, hopefully that answers your question in some way, but <coughs> I think it is really down to the brand and whether the brand wants to embrace the world of branded content, because some brands don't. They just want to sell more stuff. They want to just do ads. You know, I was back in the day when BA were making the first million pound ad. You know, I made, we made 12 minutes of content for Microsoft for 100,000 pounds in 2000. 
you know, nearly 20 years ago. It's just it's like who's feeding, way. it's who's feeding who sometimes mm, too, right? Chicken and egg. Yeah. It, like, I, I don't know, like, when we were talking, you know, publishing, advertising in magazines, on mm. television, mm. that's dropping, so then they need more branded content mm. to keep that yeah. going. So are yeah. we feeding that, or the, do we, well, do they need, like, you know, brands are publishers now. You know, look at ASOS. Mm. has 20 million people go to ASOS every month. It's more people than watch Coronation Street or EastEnders. <laughs> you know, put it in the <coughs> terms, you know. What's, what's the biggest audience for Endemol? You know, what, tell me some of the big big shows that you guys do. Um, put them on the spot there. There you go. So now brands have got those billions of people coming to their websites. You know, they are publishers themselves. <coughs> This is the whole way the world is, is changing. Yeah. And you know, if you want to embrace it, you can. It's all there, guys, for you to do it. You know, we can measure it, we can tell you what is good, what is bad. You know, you learn more from stuff that doesn't work than stuff that does. So uh, is there one last question that we have in the room? Oh yes, please. It's not really a question, it's more feeding into a couple of things that have said that I think I'm on the agency side, sorry, I'm Catherine, I work for Walk Agency. And it for me the the, the key is integration. What I see from on the brand side, you know, when I talk to clients, is that so and so can't make a decision because they're the PR manager, but they need to buy into the marketing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I am really interested <coughs> in what, what you were saying about your connections. That's like a, you know, I get really excited about mm -hmm. that. I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. So whereas I used yeah. to be able to win a pitch by talking to the marketing director, now I need to speak to the CEO, yeah. or else Absolutely. I'm not going to get any business. Mm -hmm. And I think it ties in with that whole notion of if you've not got the thought leadership <coughs> behind it in the first place, yeah. and you, you need to bring the agency in, you know, I'd like to think that you'll always continue <laughs> to outsource, but you need to bring the agency in much earlier on in the process in order to have that thread that goes through, so. Yeah, it, it's taken a lot of, like not just mine, but it's within my business, it's per, like personal influence. Like I've had to, like it's taken me three years. Yeah to get PR involved in the connections planning. But honestly, three years ago, I didn't even think about getting involved in the connections mm -hmm. planning. Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually our head of consumer insight and analytics who said PR should be part of the connections planning. So it's, you, you, just, you gotta work, it's a slow build too, yeah. but you're right, it's, it's making, those small things are actually making big shifts in the work and actually it's impacting how the money is spent. Yeah. Because as a business, you have, like, I get frustrated because they put, PR money in a pot, yeah. advertising in a pot. Yeah. Yeah. In, so influencer money tends to go into the social digital yeah. spend. Yeah. Right. Right. Influencers for me are human relationships. So I like they should look like PR should have a role in that. But what we're doing now is my team on that on digital is saying, okay, Lisa, I'm gonna give you the money, you manage the relationship, but let's work together. This is what I need from the influencer, this is what you yeah. need from the influencer. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing on the connections planning. What we're saying is, oh, actually, you've got enough coverage on that already. Yeah. I, you don't need to invest in an ad because I got that covered. Mm -hmm. Or I'm Pierre's going to lead the foundation, and then you're going to smack them in the face with an ad. Like, and then, and then you layer, and then you get your touch points, right? You keep you keep those touch points. So it it has been. It, it's taking a while, it's and we're not there yet. But it is. It's making an interesting. And I guess if impact. I did have a question, is and again, it's how long is a, a, a piece of string? But you know, how long do you think it'll take? 
Look, well, I actually, I really, really want to say something from my heart, which is that the KPIs need to change. Yes. Everything is going to change when we start to actually eviscerate triage, like look at what you're trying to do. What do you actually want? And then your media mix and your buckets reveal themselves to you. It's like a magic trick. Like, what do you actually want to have happen? You're not going to spend millions of dollars on TV if your consumer's 20. Right, like you're yeah. not you're not going to spend millions of dollars on be, on display ads if you know that your consumer wants to have a dialogue with you, right? Like yeah. everything it's reveals itself yeah. when you when you operate on the KPIs, yeah. Yeah. and then you get a good brief, yeah. and then and great great ideas are platform agnostic. We all know this as good yeah. creatives, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. A big idea works anywhere. Right, it's just a matter of how you express it and where you spend yeah. the money. You're absolutely I think also, yeah. sorry. I'm just going to say, you know, your point is really well made because I think a lot of the, <coughs> the media agencies have taken, you know, a real land grab in, in branded content because they realise actually, from an economic point of view, their their commission was going so far down on planning and buying. Yeah. They thought, oh, content's really good because we can get a much higher margin. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, yeah. the creative agencies <laughs> have been behind the curve. <laughs> And they're behind the curve because they're still making ads. You know, and and in a world of where we are now, guys, you know, you've got to think about it from a different perspective. Because, you know, the creative world and creative agencies, with all due respect, I started at Young Rubicon, so I'm officially a madman, you know. But, you know, the world has changed. So we really need to make sure that people know. Yeah, it's okay, we can go on forever. I know. <laughs> 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 I guess How much time do you have? I think we can continue this conversation. I, I'm sure we, we, we uh, want to have at least another hour, if not more. And on that point of, of wanting to or, or um, needing to understand our audiences. So thank you very, very much for an absolutely wonderful panel here. <laughs> So I'm sure you can continue this conversation. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you.